Hi, it's Taylor. Quickly jumping in before the episode starts to let you know that we've changed our name and are now Sisters Assemble. You can find our updated social handles in the show notes. Enjoy the show! Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Marvel Fan Theories podcast. Today we will be covering... All of What If, because the last episode came out this week. So we're going to cover the show from top to bottom, episodes one through nine. Um, Katie, I know you have something you want to talk about first, so why don't you take it away? Yes, I do. All right, so before we get into What If, of course, because I know that's been a big thing, we got to talk about the biggest mo- the biggest news. I'm getting so ahead of myself, I'm like mi- mixing all my words. Um, that came out of the MCU within the past week. And I'm going to really quick, just to be safe, put in the spoiler warning of if you haven't seen Venom, like, don't be listening to this part. Like, listen to the rest of the episode if you've listened to all of What If, uh, or if you've watched all of What If. But um, definitely don't listen to this. Like, I don't know, take your, like, I don't know, if you have earphones in, take them out, something, whatever. Just skip ahead, just do something. Yeah, just to be safe. But let's really quick just talk about the fact that uh, the three-minute uh, end credit scene of Venom has pretty much completely told us, hey, Venom's in the MCU now. So that's huge news, of course. I mean, for everyone who saw Tom Holland grace their screens in the theater, they were like, oh, my God. Like, I know I saw it on Friday night, um, and literally I saw it at my school, and the entire place was just screaming. Like, it was so loud, I was shrill screaming, how because I was so excited, and everyone was so loud. It was just like, like I mean, like not even like slow register. It was the high, shrill screaming of pure excitement. But of course, because until the last three minutes of that movie, we had no clue that this movie was now going to be a part of the MCU. There were only rumors. Um, we obviously are not doing a full episode on it, but if you want a little bit more of the thoughts and what this could mean... There is a blog post, so make sure to go check that out. Um, and I know you probably can hear how excited I am because I'm like half out of breath. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so make sure to check out the blog post on it to kind of get a little bit of what this could mean now for the MCU, what this is going to be for Spider-Man especially, um, and especially now that Sony said, hey, we're wrapping this all up right now. So definitely make sure to check that out. Uh, that was huge news that hit the Marvel fandom this past week. So I had to make sure I mentioned it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. We would be very remiss if we didn't talk about, like, what exploded in the fandom this week. But now, pivoting back to the main crux of this episode, which is we've now wrapped up What If um, Season 1. There has been a confirmed Season 2, and we have a cast list, though I'm sure there's some hidden cast members that they're not quite announcing that will be in season two that we just don't know about yet because maybe their movie hasn't come out yet and we just don't even know. Um, But that's beside the point because we are here to talk about what if season one. To take it from the top, Katie, give me your uh, overarching thoughts. What did you think? Do you have a favorite episode? Just just lay it on me. All right. Oh, I should have I should have really thought more about the favorite episode part of all this. But uh, to start with just the beginning, I love and I always did love the concept of what if I thought it was so interesting to go into all these other realities of like, hey, if one thing hadn't happened, how did everything else get affected? Love that idea. I think as Marvel fans, we go through that idea so much to begin with. So I definitely think to actually have a show that like puts some of those into real action is pretty awesome. So I love the show overall. Honestly, oh, I don't know my favorite episode. Oh, no, I don't even know why I'm acting like I don't know my favorite episode. 
Uh, my favorite episode is for sure Zombies. That was my favorite. That was the one I was looking most forward to. So, um, yeah, that was definitely my favorite. Uh, Bucky, amazing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely mine. I have to say that. It's really tough for me. I can easily pick out my least favorite. Um, and then there were quite a few that were like really. <laughs> Katie knows. I have a great guess of what the way. And then there were some that I thought were really, really solid, kind of like in the middle upper level of the pack. But I think if I had to pick my favorite, oh my God. I think at the beginning, I would have told you it was the what if T'Challa was Star-Lord. Um, I thought that one was really well done. I loved like bro Thanos. I don't know, like that just made me really <laughs> happy in like a really weird way. And I don't know, like the way he was able to change so many characters' lives and trajectories for the better, I thought was such an interesting thought um, and like road to take. Um, I really liked the way they wrote the characters so differently than we've seen them in our MCU. So I really enjoyed that. But I think in the back half, the one that really stands out to me is What If Ultron won? That one was like, and well, I'm sure we're going to dive deep, deep into that one because that one's yeah, like for sure. kind of a big deal. <laughs> and that's being yeah. an understatement. But I really enjoyed like that one. I like was like very shook after that. Um, I don't know. Like there was <laughs> like, I mean, he literally like split Thanos in half. Like there was just a lot going on. It was like Vision's face, super evil. I just. Wow, there's there a lot there. Well, I have to say, and I know we'll get deeper into this to your point, but I'm going to just surface level it as well. If I had to pick like the very close to my favorite, but isn't quite my favorite episode, it is definitely that one. Um, because I have a hot take and I'm sure in the Marvel replay, you'll be aware of, but um, I love Age of Ultron. I know it's one of those like Avengers movies that people are like, mm, it was okay. I can't agree with that. I love it. So for me, and I like the concept of Ultron. I liked just like his idea and who he like, he literally, I like the meme that's like, oh, he spent like a minute on the internet and hated it, like hated all of humanity. So I really have <laughs> a valid point. And I, I just, I always thought he was a very interesting villain and people really don't always agree with that. Um, I personally uh, do, and I think he's awesome. So to see the repercussions of what would have happened if he had gotten Vision's body and Vision hadn't become Vision, I think is so cool. Like genuinely yeah. so cool. Cause this guy pretty much would have destroyed the world and we see that. And then he goes to destroy much more. So definitely. Yeah, I also just like, and, and I saw this, someone commented like right when that episode came out, they were like, so Thanos like didn't even scratch the surface of what could have been done with the stones like he was like let me snap my fingers and kill half the universe but like Ultron's out here just like literally hopping universes like just the it's like you finally hit the boss level with Ultron and like all this time Thanos was like level one evil like this was like bonkers so yeah that was also really interesting because like I think at least in my perspective like Thanos is like ultimately like the, I mean, he's he's supposed to be set up this way. He's the big bad. But like, in my head, it doesn't get much worse than Thanos. He literally killed half the universe. He killed Loki. He killed Vision. He killed, you know, you name it. He pretty much killed him. But then to see that, like, even he, in all of his quote-unquote wisdom, was unable to even really fully grasp, like, what the stones were capable of or use them in a way that was, like, even remotely, like, I don't know, scratching the surface of of their 
power and what they can do that that is honestly like really disturbing and kind of like scares me well you know what something I like to think of going off that something I really enjoyed of what if in itself is that we essentially in all but I think the zombie episode where we don't actually really see him until the end anyway but we really don't see him ever win again um and I think that's a really interesting aspect because if you think about it I know we see him you know with the T'Challa episode where he clearly like all of a sudden is like you know, T'Challa showed me the way it was wrong. <laughs> like, you know, all of a sudden he's fine. You know, even like in the Ultron Vision episode, he's literally cut in half. Boom. Never even, not, not even a like a thought for uh, the Ultron Vision, Vision Ultron, whatever he wants to go by. Um, and even in the last episode when we're seeing Gamora and they're saying, you know, she managed to like take him down and everything. So I think it's a really interesting thing that really the only episode that i can remember seeing him be somewhat what we know of as Thanos is when he was zombie Thanos. Yeah, that is very interesting. I didn't really think about it that way, but yeah, that is kind of crazy. Do you want to go kind of episode by episode, talk about each one for like a few minutes, and then we'll talk about, I mean, that big last episode and what it means. And I have some questions and some major thoughts about that. So I think we'll probably spend most of our time there, but um, we should definitely hit on some of the earlier ones as well. All right. I don't have much to say about the first episode. I'm going to be honest. Oh, Caitlin, favorite. come on. No, I know you I have really, to say. I truly don't because I, I didn't like it. I'm going to be honest. I didn't like the concept of Captain Carter. I thought, like, I was like, okay, it was fine. But what really annoyed me was a lot of the show, like, the episode followed too closely to the movie. And then when we see the at the end, then she's now, like, it's the part of the Winter Soldier in episode nine when they get her out of her tumult or, like, her... Yeah, her universe to go fight. Like, I was like, so how did all of this end up exactly the same? Like, that seems weird to me. I didn't like it. I um, have a it's lot of issues. It's the same exact narrative. It's just a different person, which is, like, well, weird. Yeah. And you know what? This is <laughs> this is something I was really angry about when the episode aired, and I kind of forgot about this because it was nine weeks ago. But everything that Bucky and Steve stands like go with they said nah we're gonna make it Peggy Peggy and Steve now and I was like stop making me feel like I should feel okay about the whole Steve going back in time to be with Peggy don't agree with it stop making me feel like I should feel that way don't like it so I just felt like that was what the entire first episode ended up revolving around I also didn't love that it was like she was well two of my things is she was supposed to be a strong woman they made her look too, like, like, and I just was like, well, that looks too weird. Um, she's supposed to be strong in will as well, you know? Like, she's not supposed to just be like, oh, I now look buff. Like, um, so that was weird for me. But also, I didn't love that I felt like they were forcing, like, the whole Steve narrative when I was like, can she not just be a superhero? Yeah, I, this was also my least favorite episode by far. I will say, when it comes to... And I know we'll talk more about this when we get to episode three, because I, I had some issues with episode three also. And, and we've talked about this separately. So I know you feel the same way. I will say the one, one of the things that I think episode one has merit with is the concept of what if is how one decision can change an entire world, whatever, whatever it might be. And I will say that this one decision of Peggy to be down there or whatever the, I don't remember exactly what the decision was, but it was a clear decision. It was one singular catalyst caused a bunch of differences that mainly, obviously that being Peggy 
taking the super soldier serum because he was unable to. So I think it has merit for sticking most or not most closely, but one of the one of the episodes that stuck most closely to the original premise of the show being that one decision changes everything. So I appreciated that because it was easier to wrap my head around than something like an episode three. And again, we'll get more deeply into why I had issues with that when we talk about episode three. But um, so I, I think that was one bright spot for me. But I also, to your point, with it being just so close to the movie, I found it boring because I essentially knew it was going to happen because it was following Steve's story, but just like Peggy's body doing everything that Steve did, essentially. So in terms of like interesting narrative, I was like, okay, but I've seen this before. It's called The yeah. First Avenger and it's a movie and it's in live action. Like, which to me, I know, I know a lot of people really like animation, but to me, live action is always going to be more interesting. So I was like, you're basically just doing like, to me, a less interesting version of a movie you've already made, but you've just subbed out one character for another because it's what if. Like, I, that was kind of my biggest qualm with it, I think. No, I agree. And actually, <laughs> this is totally unrelated to what you kind of were just saying, <laughs> but it, it reminded me of another complaint I had about the episode as we are now <laughs> complaining about the episode. And I know I'm not the only one who complained about this, so I'm, I know I'm not the only one who felt this emotion when the first episode came out. But I really also, and this kind of goes with my earlier complaint about how they were pushing that Steve narrative a lot with Peggy's Captain Carter, because Steve and Bucky were supposed to be best friends. And like, even when Steve is blown up, and there's just nothing from Bucky, but they're like, Peggy's sad. I was like, they're supposed to be best friends. And even in this narrative, like you wrote them to be best friends. So I was like, how are you going to sit there and like, have no reaction from Bucky? He's just chilling. Like... I, I that really upset me because I just was like like once again I was just like please stop pushing a certain narrative for me because I don't agree with what happened in the live action so let's not push it here it just, that just felt that way but to your point I also didn't like the whole this is too similar this just like and yeah okay there's a whole like Hydra thing like alien looking thing that comes in okay but at the end of the day you know the same thing happens when she comes out in 2012 and as we see the, the obviously it aligns enough because the Winter Soldier, like we see in episode nine, she's doing the Winter Soldier mission at the beginning where it's in the stealth suit and all of that. So I'm like, With it's too rock. similar. Yeah, it's too similar for me. Yeah. Didn't love it. It wasn't the best opening episode in my opinion. No, and it's, and I, I know we need to move on into other episodes, but I will say this is the only episode that does that. None yeah. of the ep- other episodes are even remotely close to anything we've seen in line, seen in live action. And this one... I mean, is almost beat for beat. Yes, you're subbing out, you know, Red Skull for like a weird tentacle alien thing. But minus that, it's pretty much the same. Like you took a two hour movie and condensed it into a 25 minute episode and you switched out one character for the other. I'm glad they did not choose to make that the premise of the rest of the episodes because I thought it made them much more interesting and actually added to the narrative of the larger MCU rather than just like recreating their movies with like different characters. Well, and the whole point to me of what if is like, it's one decision changes much more. I didn't think that that much was changed. And that's exactly and like like even now the time jump we saw like the split little bit of it's like, well, how is the exact same thing happening? Because that doesn't make sense to me. So I, I just like I liked how crazy every other episode seemed to have gotten because it was like, wow, that one decision really does. I mean, freaking look at the the last one or the last two, I should say, where Ultron winning literally meant almost the end of the entire like multiverse. Yeah, 
That was, I mean, honestly, I was nervous. It made me nervous, but we'll get there. Moving on, episode two, one of my, I mean, definitely tops for sure. I think one thing that, I mean, I I love Chadwick Boseman. I think I've (laughs) made that pretty clear in other episodes. I adored that man. And so to hear his voice as T'Challa in new content for the, you know, he's in multiple episodes, but for the episodes that he is in, it's bittersweet. I think this will always, these episodes where he's in will always have a special place in my heart because they are the last times that he was T'Challa. So I think that's, you know, the emotional connection and how I felt about that definitely helped lift this episode. I also just thought it was really interesting. I loved how T'Challa's purity of heart transcends whether or not he is um, raised as a Wakandan prince or as a ravager. I love that, that his morals and his integrity you know, shine through and then make the others around him better. I just like that whole premise was amazing. And yeah, I loved that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm there's a couple episodes that I'm like, I don't hate. They weren't like my favorite. They were like in that they were good range. But I just like, don't have a lot of thoughts. Um, To the point of what you just said about T'Challa. And I mean, like you kind of said most of my feelings on this episode. Um, It was just a fun episode to watch. To me, it wasn't like, whoa so much is happening it was just kind of like we're chilling you know like we're having a good time we're watching a car like one of the cartoons like we're we're having fun I think you said it earlier I loved the whole like Thanos just being like the whole bro like I thought that was so interesting that at the end of the day it literally took him sitting him down having conversation why killing half the universe wouldn't solve the problem and Thanos was like yeah you know what you're right (laughs) <laughs> and Thanos was like, yeah, you know, I agree. You're right. You're not wrong about this. So I thought that was so funny. Um, and then he, he's just like one of the bros. I think it's hilarious. Um, and I just liked the concept of how different T'Challa being in Star-Lord's place was, in my opinion. Or I shouldn't say in Star-Lord's place because he takes on being Star-Lord um, in Peter's place. I think it's very interesting to me. And honestly, had it come to the the Battle of Thanos, he would not have reacted the way I'm sure Peter did. And I'm sure they would have gotten the gauntlet off his hands. Yeah. Yeah. No, I honestly, I have to be really frank. And I know we'll talk about this when we get to like Infinity War in our replay um, series. But I have to be really honest with you. Infinity War ruined Peter Quill for me. Like, I, even when I was rewatching yes. Guardians, both of them, I could not enjoy Peter Quill because his face just made me angry. Like, yes. He ruined everything. And I, like, they ruined that, like, that action. I, I know it had to happen. Obviously, it was a plot device. Like, otherwise, there were no stakes. And I get it. But that character is now forever ruined for me. And I will never look at him the same way. So now being able to enjoy a version of Star-Lord because it's T'Challa was so interesting. And I think it, maybe because I now view Star-Lord, not sorry, not Star-Lord, Peter Quill's Star-Lord in such a negative light, it really emphasized all of the negative parts of Peter's personality and how things could have been so much different if someone who was more, who had more integrity and more, I don't know, like maturity (laughs) at the very least had taken on that mantle. (laughs) how it would have been so much different yeah so I I really enjoyed that and and it kind of made me happy in like a really bitter way too because like it just proved how sucky Star Star Lord or Peter Quill's Star Lord is no you're right I don't know if you have more thoughts on episode two I'm no I'm 
I'm ready to move on to three because I have some real thoughts about three. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm prepared to go off on how, personally, not good episode three was. Was it as bad as the first episode for me? No, not quite. But um, first off, for from a trauma standpoint, didn't need it. Yeah, I just felt like narratively episode three um, missed the mark on two fronts. One, the narrative didn't make sense. <laughs> No, like it on didn't. a base level because it wait two, let's just talk about the worst of it is it didn't make sense because hope wasn't a shield it, like if that was the moment that changed things hope was not a shield agent prior to that therefore that something would have changed earlier in that timeline well that's my point like my second point was it completely deviates from the premise of the show which is one decision changes everything well okay, if that one decision is for Hope Van Dyne to have joined S.H.I.E.L.D., I need to see that in order for the payoff then to be her death, her dad avenging her. Like, you can't just, like, have the what-if moment, if you will, like, be off screen. That's not (laughs) how it works. Well, and you know what? this, This episode didn't work for me at all. There were other, like, possible people it could have been that to me I just kind of was like like honestly even if um oh my gosh why is her name escaping me agent that I can think of her real name and I can't think of the one who's always with fury and I agent hill okay sorry brain fart but like even if like something had happened with agent hill and was like oh well fury didn't need me anymore because he was going after the avengers like if that would have been the moment I would be like okay that makes sense like, she feels threatened by the fact that she's, like, un- like, and not that that makes sense, but, like, for it being a, a what-if episode, yes, our Maria Hill, no, that wouldn't be her character, that's not how she is, but if they happen, like, she felt a different way and acted upon it, okay. I would have been like, yeah, okay, I see that, that that makes sense, but I it made no sense to me, what is Hope's father's name, what, Hank, um, <laughs> It made no sense for me for Hank to be avenging Hope's death if Hope would not have been a part of S.H.I.E.L.D. because the Avengers weren't even fully formed. Yeah, there was just, I don't even know. It, it just, it, it didn't work. Like, I, I keep saying that, but like, truthfully, <laughs> at its core, that's what the issue was. The episode doesn't work. Was it, like, I, it's hard because I actually enjoyed the premise of the episode. Like, I obviously didn't enjoy watching the Avengers style. Yeah, I was going to say you enjoyed that. (laughs) No, but it was it was an entertaining idea. Like, what if the Avengers initiative didn't get off the ground? Right. Like, that was an interesting thought. But I didn't think the reason behind it or like the quote unquote, what if moment actually paid off. So it, it it was a like, it was almost like you set something up really nice with zero foundation and it took away from it. And like, that was really frustrating to me. Like I, I really struggled with episode three. I was like, Oh my gosh, if the rest of the episodes are going to be like this, like I, 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 it really, it worried me. It made me very worried actually. But then to go right into episode four, my personal thoughts on episode four was I didn't hate it. Didn't love it. It was one of those also like, it was a good episode, but I was, and maybe this is because I didn't watch this episode the Wednesday it came out. I watched it with a double header. So I knew the next episode I was watching was the zombie episode, which is the one I was like, oh my God, I can't wait th- for this. So I like was just like, let's get through it. I'm ready for the next one. But I wasn't in love with it. I understand obviously later on in the show why like it is what it, like what happened was why it happened and what, like I understand what it needed to, like I understood it. Let's just say that. 
But I thought it was really interesting at the same time to kind of see how Doctor Strange's one decision to literally, like, bring back his love is, like, sitting there and, like, that that is what makes him into this, like, god-awful thing. But also at the same time, I think it's weird and I need a more of an explanation on the whole, like, what is it called? That point in time that, um, oh, what does he call it? I keep wanting to say Nexus, but that's because I've been no, like, no, no. no, I know, I know it's not. Is is it? It's not infinite. No, it's. Oh, I can't remember. I know what you're trying to say. It's a absolute, absolute, absolute moment in time. Yeah. And I would like more of an explanation on why her death is an absolute moment in time, especially because she doesn't die in ours. Yeah, I I also thought that was a little weird. Or now that you're saying that, I think that's a little weird because I feel like an absolute moment in time should be something that always happens. Like Cap always goes in the ice or a Cap always goes in the ice or is like sent out of time or whatever it might be. Like, honestly, across these episodes, Tony Stark dies. (laughs) Like, I know that's something that a lot of people talked about. Tony dies about five times out of five times he's in the episodes. Honestly, I mean, are they, (laughs) could they send us any clearer of a message that RDJ is out? Like, (laughs) yeah, literally, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely, now that you say that, like, that definitely needs a little more explanation. One thing I did like about this episode, and I also felt like it was average, like, it's not, you know, didn't really stand out to me as something that, like, there were some that after I watched, I, like, texted you, and I was like, yo, dude, like, this one's amazing, or, like, I have a lot of questions, or I feel a certain way about this one. I didn't really have that reaction to the Doctor Strange episode, but I did enjoy that it really focuses a lot on his his arrogance and his absolute belief that he can and will fix everything. Yeah. And I thought that was very interesting because I think it's something that you know, we obviously we've only seen him in one solo movie so far, um but he has cameoed in three others being Ragnarok, Endgame, and Infinity War, not in that order, obviously. And I feel well, like that, as time- Oh, you said Endgame, then Infinity War. I was like, isn't it in that order? And I think in those portrayals, he is kind of mellowed out and a little more methodical. And then you see him in the Spider-Man trailer and he's breaking all the rules that Wong tells him not to break. So it's interesting because now we're getting this taste again of the arrogant Stephen Strange and one who's almost taking a step back from the character development that he had in his solo outing. So, and obviously this is a different version of him, but it's interesting to see that there's that arrogance in every version of him that exists or that we've seen. Yeah, definitely. That That's one, like I said, one of the episodes I don't have a ton to say on. So I just want to, I want to go right into zombies. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Oh my gosh. There was Bro, a lot I really liked not, about this. You could not have made... Okay, okay, well, okay. I will, I will, I lie. I, there was, like, one mistake in my mind. And, no, there were two. One, <laughs> um, <laughs> one for me was Bucky as a military man. There were certain mistakes and, like, things that they had him do that I was like, would not have done that. Like, the multiple times he just went off on his own and put himself in, like, danger. I was like, no. Not, not, and that's coming from a Bucky stand, so I'm going to say it because I know his character inside out. Second, though, <laughs> I also have to say, and I called this, because okay, so I watched these with my roommates, um, and I literally was sitting there calling this, but I was like, why did Hope allow herself to, like, so she obviously got infected, whatever, but, like, why would she not have just asked them after she helped them to kill her? Because then she became a zombie, which we then, like, almost doesn't get them out of there. So I was like, weird. 
<laughs> like I was like, she could have thought that through a little better. So that those are like my two mistakes that I was just like, okay, one is out of character and one of them is too smart to have not thought that through. I just, I think the thing that stuck out for me the most, and it's a positive, is I loved this team up. Like it, it was a group of characters that are very much not crossing paths in the movies in any way that's significant. Like, I'm sure they're all at one point together in, you know, the big battle in Endgame because everybody's there. Like, anybody who's everybody is in the Thanos battle. Yeah. But to see them working together, comfortable with one another, being a team, and just having this very different lineup, I really just enjoyed that. I thought it was an interesting group of personalities to bring in there, and I really liked that. I just, I liked the little mix-up. I agree. Although, okay, so... If you've listened to us long enough, you know I'm the person who's going to point out all the wrong things before I gush about it, unless it's the Winter Soldier, and then there's nothing but gushing. <laughs> but my, <laughs> I will say something else I had an issue with, which I get, it was like the whole plot device kind of thing. It was just to move it forward to get this different group and to like really put the spotlight on them. But first off, and all my roommates pointed this out too, and we're all on varying levels of MCU fans. Like one of my roommates is like very high up there with me. One of them's a little lower, one of them's a little lower than that. But all of us were like, Iron Man was in a suit of iron. <laughs> like, yeah. how did this happen? He, like, didn't he, like, open the faceplate? He was like, zombies, and then opens the faceplate. Yeah. Like, like a I genius. Like, I was like, what? Because they show Hank being the one who goes after, like, Steve. But I was like, what? How did it? So that threw me off. And same with, like, Wanda, because while she wasn't covered, I was like, the girl keeps everyone away from her. Like, she has all, like, with all of her telekinesis powers. Like, I was like, there is no way. And I get, once again, plot device. Also, same with, like, Vision. Uh, let's like, talk Wanda. about Wanda. Yeah, because, first off, her becoming a zombie, I was like, mm, she wouldn't have. But second, Vision going against his, like, moral code completely to help her. I was like, I get you're, like, in love with her, but also, no. Ah. <sighs> I have mixed feelings about this. Well, even think about, Ah. like, in WandaVision, when he realizes that she is the one putting people in pain stuff, he is calling her out. He's not sitting there feeding her. No, I know. Yeah, no, definitely. Ah, yeah. It, I guess it just, (laughs) I feel conflicted. You're doing great. (laughs) I, I, I'm trying to, like, figure out how to verbalize how I'm feeling. Like, I saw something online, and they were talking about, like, all the horrible things that Wanda did to be with Vision. And then on the flip side, this was Vision doing those horrible things to protect her. So it's, like, the mirror image, if you will. So I I did like that motif a lot. When someone pointed that out, I was like, that's actually really interesting. Though I do agree it is out of character. The caveat being, this is a different Vision, you know? So Yeah. I was just about to say that. Um, and I think that's what's hard for someone like me, who is very like, this is the character, um, is that I'm like, well, like, how this would be out of character, in my opinion. I will say this, though, this one took place in Endgame, right? Or Infinity War. So like, up until then, you have to assume that almost everything was exactly the same. So that's why for what me, I'm like, how do you know it took place in an Oh, sorry, zombie Thanos. Got it. I was like, you. also the whole, I'm pretty sure at the very beginning, they're saying that they were in the battle of Infin- like the Infinity War battle. But because Civil War never happened in this, in this, that's why they were all together. But, um, gotcha. Yeah. But I, so I'm like thinking, I'm like, so to a degree, there's still certain character development that would have been the same that I was like, it wouldn't have quite like 
happened the way it did. If I take everything out of what I know, I'm like, this episode freaking rocked. Like, I love the concept. I want a live action. I want a part two because you can't just show me zombie Thanos and act like I don't want to see more of it. Like, what the heck? Yeah, that was, I was going to say that. Like, I was a little miffed, especially because they did nine, well, almost really seven, eight, and nine feed into one another. Like, right? Like, you see. Yeah, yeah. You see Ultron at the very end of seven, then he's obviously the focus of eight and nine. So it's not like they were completely opposed to doing, you know, a story arc that goes across multiple episodes. So I really thought that we were going to see more of zombie Thanos. And I was like super pumped. And then the next week they were like, what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? And I'm not going to lie, like that was one of the episodes I was most looking forward to when they first announced the show. Um, So I was like, I'm very conflicted because I want more zombie Thanos, but I'm also like really pumped about this episode. So I definitely agree with you there. Like, I would love to see the payoff of Zombie Thanos. Well, I'm not fully convinced I need to see a live action. Like, I, I've i gotten to the point where I'm like, I need to see it. I, I You've given me enough of it. And I really always liked the concept from the comics. I thought it was really cool. And it was one of those that I thought was interesting where it was like, I understood the what if moment. And I liked to see how it completely screwed everything. Like, I really, really liked that. So I just kind of was annoyed because I was like, I need to see more of it. And if if you're going to hint at something so drastic, especially with the state our heroes are in, like, I need to know. But also, like, can we talk about, like, just so many of the things that just, wow, like, Iron Man was beheaded. Bucky fully put Cap in half with his own shield. Like, Sharon, it was like, like (laughs) (laughs) it was like, honestly, like faux cap level like anger with the shield and not anger but like violence with the shield and I was like oh my like I am having flashbacks well and can I just say when he was like I guess it's the end of the line I was like what I know I know I know as someone who like desperately wants that to be in her wedding vow someday I was like that's not a good look (laughs) well I was like I didn't need that pain today but thank you for giving it to me that that was (laughs) that was Marvel's way of saying can you please stop with the whole Stucky thing like just end it (laughs) but yeah I mean it's still one of my favorite episode personally but you know what you brought up I just want to say Oh, I just I have one last thing that I really liked about the zombie episode, and that was its little the first of all, the fact that it focused on Spider-Man and he was like the main character, and it kind of has that little callback to Mysterio's delusion that he gives him in Far From Home, where he does see a zombie Tony. So I was like, I love that little callback because he fights a zombie Tony and it's all about Spider-Man. Sorry, that was the last one. I just really needed to get that out because I loved that. I agree, I agree. Um, but you had brought up Killmonger. What if he rescued Tony Stark? Also, I have to agree with you. Going into this, one of my most looked forward to episodes, I was a little let down. Me too. Okay, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I was like, I wanted, to, I wanted to love this episode because I think what I wanted, because Killmonger is such an empathetic villain, I wanted him fully redeemed. I wanted him to be a good guy. And we'll talk about what happens in episode nine. But I wanted him to be uh, just on the side of good firmly there. No, and and you know what? I 100% uh, agree. And I think something that kind of was getting frustrating to me was I felt like there were certain characters that we were like, well, they're acting out of character. But then they were like, Killmonger, you're exactly the same in all the multiverses. And like, I was like, but no, because I genuinely don't see him. Like, 
And especially as far out of the way as he went to do everything that he did in this episode, I was like, I like this man got all this respect. Like I was just like, why couldn't he just be like the, the roadie, you know, or something like that? Like I was just like, why did he have to still be the bad guy? And it was just like, and to your point, he's so like lovable as a villain because you really sit there and you do empathize with him that it's like for once could we have written him to be like like not going into this for himself yeah or his perceived which i mean truthfully i understand why he was angry i mean his oh, father was killed but the the slights that he sees and obviously you know his his platform if you will about you know um the treatment of black people that's that's valid that's that's all valid i just wish in one universe we get to see him fight for what he thinks is right in the right way and not make him the villain every single time. And I really thought this episode was going to do that and give him a place to fight for the things that he believes in, in a way that is just and doesn't again, make him the villain. And I just, Oh, I was so disappointed that they made him the bad guy again. And honestly, uh, it was very frustrating to me. I mean, honestly, personally, that's all I have, and I mean, you have all the space to go off if you need to. That's all I have to say about episode six, because I was greatly let down by it, and I didn't like the concept as much, because I thought he was going to have a, a something redeemable, and instead he just completely destroys everything, and, you know, he's the bad guy everywhere he goes, and I just, like, that was really upsetting to me, if I was being honest. Like, it just really let me down to uh, to the point where it is... As far as, like, okay, I didn't have much high standards for the first episode, so I couldn't really be let down because my expectation for the first episode, not because of what if, but because of the topic, was low. But the fact that, um, can you tell that we don't stand Peggy Carter in this in this place? Um, but the fact that for me, like, I had such high expectations to really see, like, what this man could do with a positive in his life. And instead, he is, once again, he just goes to exactly what he would have done in our timeline. And that was upsetting to me. So I don't have a lot to say about that episode, to be honest. No, I agree. That was my biggest takeaway, was just disappointment. <laughs> Good. So let's move into the party episode. So what if Thor was an only oh, child? Oh, <laughs> my God. I just, uh, I loved this episode. I, okay, you guys know how much I love Loki. So I felt like this was a validation of the importance of Loki as a character to Thor. Like Tom Hiddleston has said on so many occasions, there is no Loki without Thor. There is no Thor without Loki. And this episode is basically just Tom Hiddleston's thesis on the screen. And I loved it. No, I I 100% agree. Uh, But I love this episode because I think it shows how well Loki thrives when Odin doesn't, you know, terribly parent and put Just like get out of the way, Odin, you ruined his life. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like literally. So he clearly does so much better for himself. Um, I like that to your point, Thor and Loki are still inseparable, whether or not they are real brothers or brothers from different mothers, as they like to say. Which is also a reference to just like Tom Hiddleston and his commentary because he literally calls Chris Hemsworth his brother from another mother, like on so many occasions. Yes. And the fact that they work yes. that into the script is like amazing. It's so meta, it's fantastic. Exactly. And I just so I love that. I just like the this episode was fun. Wasn't the biggest fan of Captain Marvel just kind of like coming in there. But then I'm not gonna lie. It gave me the idea of like, this is something else I'd like to see on a big screen. Why would Thor and Captain Marvel have a fight? Don't know. But I would actually like to see because I I think they'd be 
very yeah. fairly matched. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, even though it was, you know, animated and obviously not live action, which would have been way cooler, I enjoyed that matchup. And I feel like they almost hinted at it in Endgame when he tries to, no, yeah, Endgame when he tries to intimidate her by pulling out Storm, or like calling Stormbreaker like past her head. But it also like makes me laugh because in so many of those interviews for the press junket, like she and Hemsworth look like they low-key want to kill each other. So like, Honestly, I don't even know they'd have to act if they were fighting. Like, they don't think they like each other. Yeah, and I mean, like, I just, I think it's funny because I also saw this meme where someone was like, you know, um, in what if Fury's problem, or like, answer to every problem is just to call Captain Marvel. And I'm like, no, you're right, because literally, like, my man's is just like, oh, this is an issue, call her, like, get her over here. And I think it's funny because it literally takes him, like, almost just about dying to actually be like, hey, <laughs> like, Thor partying, causing, like, a big uproar. Um, I forget his name, but the fire dude from Ragnarok taking off part Isn't of it the Sartor? statue of hand. Yeah, like, you know, because he's attracted to her. I-, I thought it was so freaking funny. I'm like, they're rolling... What it, it wasn't it the the uh, London Eye they're rolling it around like I was just like what like pure chaos and I thought it was so funny that literally like without knowledge of it Thor is destroying planets as he goes to party I just thought it was like so wacky but I thought it was so like almost so Thor like at the same time as if like if Thor wasn't burdened with all of the extra things that he had to deal with with even growing up with Loki as a brother and like everything Loki kind of starts to do as he gets older because he's clearly like he doesn't like being in that subordinate situation he just wants to be equal to his brother like how out of hand Thor gets because he doesn't have to deal with such seriousness and he also doesn't and I I think I was reading this somewhere he doesn't have Loki taking him down a peg like how often do we see and this is crazy but it even in even like for example in the first Thor movie we see Loki as the voice of reason when Thor's like I'm gonna kill all the frost giants and Loki's like I was literally just trying to do a prank and now I started a war because you're being irrational and this is a lot and he's like maybe we don't want to do this so in some senses he is you know the voice of reasons to Thor's like super brashness and in other senses he's like just like you know stabbing Thor just to stab him but it's like taking him down a peg and he's like not quite so you know much (laughs) like he's just a lot in this episode no I agree and so I I like this episode just for what it was it wasn't so much of like the plotter it just was funny to me it was an enjoyable thing um but then it's ruined by that last little bit (laughs) where um Vision's Ultron is just like hey I'm here to party too (laughs) like hello so let's so let's just talk about that. Um, like I said earlier, I love Ultron as a villain. I know a lot of people were like, mm, doesn't do it for me. Did it for me. Love Ultron as a villain. So I really liked this concept that the Avengers didn't succeed in getting Vision's body, but well, prior to him technically being Vision, Ultron gets into it, and boom, he is able to defeat them. I also really thought it was interesting that Natasha and Clint were the two that didn't die. <laughs> the um, only non-superpowered <laughs> ones. Like, did Ultron just decide they weren't enough of a threat? Like, because, I mean, they're, well, they're great characters, don't get me wrong, but logically, like, those are not the two people that should have survived. Well, and here's, like, my problem is that Hulk shouldn't have died. That no. didn't really make sense to me. And also, Thor might 
have been able, like, I personally thought Thor could have put up more of a fight. And I'm not saying anything against Iron Man or Captain America. We obviously know they can hold their own. But Thor quite literally being a god and Hulk is almost indestructible as, like, he's kind of told us in uh, Avengers and even, like, what we've seen. I mean, maybe he cannot take quite the same amount of punch. I mean, look at the like his little fight with Thanos and all that. Oh, but like, little fight as actually yeah. Well, <laughs> but as like actually dying, he like can't. Yeah. So I was like a little thrown off, but I do have to say, like I I loved the concept of the hey Marvel, listen to the fact that we haven't shut up about the fact that it should have been Clint. Um, <laughs> and they really said we'll throw him off the cliff this time. Bye, Clint. So. Yeah, like, I like this concept. Um, I really like the whole, like, Zolo thing. Yeah. I thought that was cool. I agree. I thought that was an interesting integration. Also, just, like, the fact that she used Alexi's shield. I thought I loved that. Yes. That was a beautiful reference to the Black Widow movie. It's the first time we've seen it in another property. Yes. Yes. Which was really cool. Um, And it's, that's ex- that, well, that's very exciting to me because... Obviously, Black Widow has been filmed for, well, prior to coming out, like, a year and two months. <laughs> at least. Actually, longer. But, like, at least a year and two months. Um, So, they clearly had the knowledge to go off of this. So, I thought that was really interesting to be able to actually see for the first time that integration of, like, hey, this happened. And we're talking about it. Um, at the same time, here's my issue. I know it has to deal with, like, when she was younger and stuff, but I thought it was kind of interesting due to the fact, like, this was happening during Age of Ultron, which would have been prior to the actual Black Widow movie. Yeah. So I did think that was a little strange, but, like, not strange necessarily, but also kinda. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe because he's dead now, because I'm assuming he's dead. Maybe she, like, buried the hatchet, or you never know, like... I guess, if things happened out of order in this universe, like, or if, like, maybe the family, like, stuck together, like, I'm not to jump into episode nine yet, because I don't think we're quite done with episode eight, but the end of episode nine, Fury does say, like, you're not my Natasha, but, like, you have her spirit or something along those lines, so, like, clearly it was enough for him to notice that there was something different about her, like, it's not far-fetched to think that perhaps it's because she actually had a family growing up and, like, actually viewed Alexi more as a father figure because he was around for more of her life. Like, that's possible, and that's what I'm choosing to believe. In my mind, Castle is the reason that she chose to take up that particular shield. I will say, like, okay, so my biggest issue then with this episode, um, which, once again, I was watching this with my roommates, and I just sat there going, well, you're stupid for that, that the Watcher was narrating <laughs> and wouldn't shut up, and I consistently was like, just stop talking. <laughs> like, he won't know you where you are if you don't shut up. Like... I, I literally was like, bro, I need you to just stop. And then he was like, what is this? And I was like, stop talking. <laughs> like, I, I just was like, bro, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, your point is to watch, not talk the entire time. And obviously he's noticing you. So you need to like, not. Yeah, just like tamp it down. Just like, keep it down. Yeah. But I have to say, okay. So honestly, we might as well go right into episode nine because that's the big climax. And I think episode eight was a great expositional episode that led up into this yeah and showed hey Alton's freaking psychotic I also cut Thanos in half was shocked that he was able to best the watcher so easily like someone that powerful who has the view of the multiverse and can travel between the universes 
I would have thought would have put up a little more of a fight. I agree. Maybe they were like, hey, we're coming up to the time and we don't have time for like a long protracted fight. But I really thought there was going to be a little more there and there would have been a little more of an even match. I was like a bit surprised and a little disappointed by that. No, I I definitely agree. And I'm glad you pointed that out because I also kind of was like, oh, okay. Like, um, but you're like the fate of the multiverses are literally in your hands and at stake right now. And you're just like, ah, I just got my butt whooped. Like really threw me off. Um, but going into the whole episode nine team up, um, I have to say, love that Thor still is in the OGs. <laughs> like really love that. Also like that Natasha ended up there. I thought that was a great ode to her character, especially with everything that now like well first off that happened kind of off screen with (laughs) scarlet um (laughs) but also uh but also good for her because she won her lawsuit (laughs) but also like just her character in general with what we saw with natasha obviously natasha is not alive in our universe which they actually owed to later in the episode i know we'll talk about that but yeah so i thought that was a great like nod towards them I like that T'Challa was there as Star Wars. Can I talk about something um, that really bothered me? Doctor Strange. That really, really bothered me with the team. Because overall, I thought the team wasn't interesting. Again, I'm a sucker for a different mix of teams. Like, love the OG6. Yeah, They're for sure. always going to be my people. Love them to death. But I thought this was an interesting grouping. The thing that I could not get past was, and we talked about this earlier when we were, I think, talking just briefly about what if in another episode, it was originally supposed to be 10 episodes. They moved one episode from season one to season two, and that was the Gamora episode. However, they left Gamora in this group. So she's the only one that we don't have a backstory and any emotional attachment to, and I just couldn't get past it. I was like, we know everybody else's story. Why are you here? Like, logically, I just told you the answer, so I know the answer, but it really upset me. No, that's a great point, and what actually upset me more was that she's with Tony Stark, and I actually really like how he's just like, not you, Stark. I thought that was so funny. I know. Um, because I also have mixed feelings against Tony, obviously, since Civil War. However, I, I thought it was interesting he didn't even bother to bring him in because I was like, he could have still helped. Yeah. He was in his, like, it looked like the Hulk smasher, so uh-huh. I was like, okay. But also, You would think I, more um, hands, right? Like, Yeah. But to your point, I thought the same thing. I was like, well, there's no explanation here on why Tony and Gamora, they're saying she bested and defeated Thanos. Okay, cool. Uh, Can I have like a background? Yeah. So I think that's a great point that you brought up there is by moving that episode to uh, season two, it really kind of put that hole with her because it didn't make sense. I honestly, Caitlin, I could not get past it for the rest of the episode. Every time she had a scene, I was like, I can't do this. It just, it took me completely out of it it was it, it well you know what do do we even see Gamora ever in this in what if um I feel like we did we see Nebula I feel like we did I don't because well, if we did her, but personally, I personally like clearly we if we can't even remember she like was well, not that's that what I was gonna say you know like personally if we don't even that's what I'm yeah that's what I'm saying is like clearly she wouldn't have been that big of a deal in her whatever episode she was in so like to not even have her really that prominently if she was in another episode which I don't even remember her being in one clearly like we needed that background because at least most of these other characters we saw somewhere else in an episode like obviously Doctor Strange had his own episode but it was like you know T'Challa, Killmonger all of them had their own episode or they were in another multiverse and we at least saw the character like we didn't even see Gamora yeah no I agree it 
it truly, Caitlin, like, it was, it still bothers me. Like, I just watched it a couple hours ago, and it's still, like, nagging at me. Like, I just, I'm, I, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm sure they had a reason for moving it, but, like, and I know they probably had the animation done, you know, with her in it, but it really, it really, to me, took away from the episode, because it felt yeah. unfinished, in a way. Well, this is what I wanted to touch on. Because the episode itself, I'm going to be honest, okay, it was a good, good battle, battle scene. Yay! Like, we see a lot of this. But here's kind of two of my thoughts. One, what are the implications in What If Now? Because the Watcher broke his oath. We saw that in this episode. So, okay, even if things go somewhat back to normal, like, I'm like, is that possible? Um, The other implication is, should we be seeing if this is affecting in any way our MCU? Because, because... Yeah, because originally we thought, oh, maybe we'll just see different timelines. It's a way to kind of be like, oh, in this timeline, this happened. In this timeline, this happened. But now that we just had a pretty much multiversal war against Ultron, um, I'm kind of intrigued to understand, like, would this, is this, like, did this happen in our MCU? But we didn't know because we were one of the multiverses that he didn't get touched on and, like, he didn't make it to. Like, what are the implications of both of these things? The Watcher breaking his oath and this whole multiversal war that took place. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think quite as much about the Watcher breaking his oath, though that's a good point. I also want to quickly point out, because this was something I forgot, that we have seen the Watcher in live action. He's with Stan Lee in one of Stan's cameos. I believe it's in one of the Guardians movies, but don't quote me on that. He's with the Watchers. So that's just a little tidbit that doesn't directly have to do with your question, but um, that was something I forgot, so I wanted to point that out in case anybody else had. But was as it relates to the effects on the larger MCU, that was also something I was very curious about. I have a lot of questions. Like, for example, when Killmonger took the stones, which another example of him being a villain. But when Killmonger... Why didn't he burn? Because he had the, the armor. He had. But I don't. But still. He had no... There were no effects on him. Mm. He didn't snap. I don't believe that. He didn't snap. Yeah, but still, look at what happened to Tony even holding all that power. Look what happened to Hulk even before he snapped. They were all in pain. Like, there, to me, But remember what weird. they said. Like, remember what was... they said. Every, there's a difference in every one, and that's why they couldn't break the stones. That's true. So it, but also, that like, can be chalked up to that. But now I want to ask this question. Okay, come so at me. So if this does have implications on our MCU, we see a drawer of Infinity Stones in the TVA. So they never say anything about those being used separately or differently or that they're different in different timelines or whatever. So now I need to understand, does this go along with all of that? Or is this completely, should I be, I need, I need like clarification. Is what if completely different? I need to ignore it in the MCU or should I be considering that half of this happened and that some of the implications I need to understand for us? Like if you're going to tell me the Infinity Stones work different in different timelines, then I need to I need to see that. Well, it, you wouldn't have seen that anyway because they have no power in the TVA. Right, but the way that, that when they talk about it there, they don't never say a thing about them being any different. They're just like, oh, we get these things all the time. To, and the implication to us at that time is like, okay, well, they're used the same all the time then. Well, I, I, guess, I guess I wouldn't necessarily, like, okay, so think about Loki, especially that episode. That was the first episode, right? The Roar of Pain? Yeah. Or the second episode, one of the first... They were very exposition heavy. It was the first, I think. And so I just don't know that they needed to spend time saying, like, and they work differently in every, like, 
they just want it was it was a shock factor it wasn't meant to be some big plot point like I just don't know that you really needed to go into that well okay yes but also I my only thought is just like I also don't really like that they said that like all the infinity stones work different in each universe just because I'm like that doesn't really make sense to me. it's not that they work differently they said they're slightly different in every universe that's why the stone crusher didn't work like there's slight variations that's what they said so like maybe in this variation they don't hurt the wearer or whatever like I I think you're overthinking it a little bit honestly <laughs> yeah but I don't like it I don't like it because to me I'm like why why would these ha- why would the stones be the thing that are the slight variation where everything because like some of these timelines happen exactly the same up until a very like certain point right so like we, well that's the whole point of it but like <laughs> we see that more <laughs> like for example everything up until age of ultron happened the same way except they didn't get the casket right so i'm like okay i'm looking at it this way of that everything on these timelines go about the exact same way until this the one moment of change so why are the stones the thing that's that that vary i have no answer for you i just don't Okay, good. I put you to silence. Why, why don't we call up because, Kevin and ask him? Well, because I'm asking the right questions. Okay. So. I do, though, back to your original point before we went off on this little Infinity Stone tangent. I do think it's going to have ramifications. I know there are rumors of there being a live-action Captain Carter. There have been long-standing rumors of Killmonger coming back. <laughs> She just gave me a thumbs down when I mentioned a live-action Captain <laughs> Carter. Because, you know what? <laughs> Here are my thoughts. That's a waste. That is such a waste. I don't need Haley Atwell back. I don't need Peggy back. Let If you're going to make Steve go back in time to be with her, then let them die. Like, they're old now. Oh, my God. I don't need to. If, no, because, you know what? <laughs> if Steve is not going to come back, which they kind of, like, not been they've been kind of like mm, there hasn't been much with chris like i'm like well he's old now so peggy should be old she died once let her die again why do we need to see the captain carter thing we don't okay anyway <laughs> i say all this to say the only way that they can bring these characters in is if you're i will not the only way but the best way would be to tie it in i also think that we have not seen up until this point more on, on a logistical meta sense Everything that's been on Disney Plus has been in-universe. I would be shocked if they came out with something and they were like, by the way, forget about this. Like, not their style. Yeah, they did that with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but, like, that was a whole separate thing. Now that they're kind of more cohesive as a television and cinematic universe unit and knowing that Kevin was involved, I don't really foresee that being any different. TVD on what those ramifications actually are. I mean, if you think about it, if Ultron had actually destroyed the multiverse like or like had come to you know our earth like that would have been kind of crazy um i also when i need to say this okay go no, ahead. no actually go ahead i'm gonna take us on no i'm gonna take us off into a different direction so go ahead say what you gotta say oh i don't know if i mentioned this before but when killmonger took the stones i immediately was like this is how they're bringing him back for black panther 2 like that was my first thought i was like this is it He's back, baby. I was so ready. And then he like went into that little glass like dimension. I was like, oh man, <laughs> like you had me and then you took it away. Well, you know what? But at the end of that episode, how clear did they sit there and make it that they were like, if something were to happen, 
this could be catastrophic if this glass dimension broke or they got out. Yeah, so I'm like, I caught on to so that. So this is like, either, yeah, oh no. so I'm like, this is either season two or this is possibly MCU, like, live action ramifications. Also, though, once again, the stupid end credit scene, not here for it. Not here for it. Oh, Steven, yeah, that was, I was like, okay, out of all of the like, end credit on, scenes, that's it- what you chose? <laughs> Well, and you know what? A lot of people were really hoping there would be a live action end credit scene. Ooh. And instead it was that. And I was like, you, that was cheap for one. And to your point, out of all the other options that they had, they were like, and there's someone inside. I'm like, oh my God, come on. So now they're really undoing the entirety of our Captain America because instead of Bucky and all of that and Cap and, oh, but now it's Steve and Peggy. Don't worry. Their love, stop making me feel okay about Endgame. It's not going to happen. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> this, the entirety of what if was like, you're going to feel better. And I'm like, but I don't. I'm, I am angry. Like giving me Bucky in the shower is not going to do away with what else you did. Okay, and on that note, are we, uh, <laughs> are we good? No, you are telling a, me you are I not. Have a, <laughs> I have one more thing that I want to ask you, and then I will answer it on my own part. Oh, no. Out of all the characters. <laughs> no, 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 this is, what, this is not a fair question. I am trying not to rant about Peggy. <laughs> if, out of all the characters that we saw in the What If, not taking in any of our new characters, such as, you know, Yelena, Shang-Chi, um, any of them, who were characters that you had wished we saw a little more of and we didn't? In What If? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, well, I'm a cap like Whether girl. in their own storyline or someone else's. I'm a cap girl, so I could, I mean, Steve literally was, like, on screen for, like, a total of, like, 90 seconds, I think, throughout the entire series. I will say, though, this, the portion where he is uh taking the oath of office as president gave me life i very much enjoyed that so i would love to have seen like real steve um because i feel like actually all of the other avengers besides um like the original six um all of the others except for bruce really had some pretty significant screen time whether or not they were alive for all of it or not i'm talking to you tony um (laughs) so definitely some some more like original og steve cap I also, I thought Peter was hilarious, like Peter Parker, so I could have done for some more Spider-Man, I think, but those are my two favorite characters anyway, I just, you know, felt like there could have been more. How about you? No, I, I think those are two good picks, Um, and I think, unfortunately, I think they tried to do away with especially Cap because of him having a, like, full uh, in-person trilogy, however, I think it would have been and if I don't freaking get this in season two and I have a terrible feeling I won't now, I wanted Hydra Steve really, really bad. Oh. Um, because I thought that would be such an interesting concept that so many fans have already, like, there's fan art for, and there's been fan art for, um, and I just, and they obviously kind of do a cute little ode to it in, like, Endgame when he does the whole Hail Hydra yeah. thing, but I could have used, I agree, Steve, I also agree with Spider-Man, I, one, I gotta say this, Hulk I could have used more of, and two, I forgot to mention this, but them, literally combusting hulk and like literally blowing him up was a lot um (laughs) but that i forgot to mention that that was just a lot to have happened i was like wow they really like blew him up from the inside out that was yeah that was like hello (laughs) yeah yeah um but i also really could have seen more of ant-man and i was really let down because i thought he could have been in it i thought he could have had a like especially even his own episode um, and the zombie episode, he's freaking hilarious that he's just a freaking floating head the whole time. Yes. Like, yeah, but so why did we not have more of him? And then honestly, too, like, 
I'm pretty sure Paul was doing his voice. So I was like, you had Paul. Yeah. I was... And this just comes with animation. I, I get it. I know. It's part of it. I was disappointed that not as many people came in to voice their characters as I would have liked. Like, no, obviously, they got some really heavy hitters. I mean, it was such a blessing now looking back at it that Chad did this. So to have Chad immortalized one last time, beautiful. I love that, you know, Hiddleston was in it because his voice is, like, iconic and truly for anyone else to be Loki, like, would have been a farce. Hemsworth, uh, who, I mean, obviously Samuel L. Jackson. Seb! Seb, uh, who else? Oh my gosh, there were, there were, I mean, they got quite a few. Jeremy Renner was in it. So they got quite- Paul. Yeah, they definitely- Both of them, both of them. Which, which one's the other one? Rudd and- Bethany and, oh, uh, Rudd. And, and Benedict. So they had a good slate, but the ones that weren't their voices, you could tell. Like, ScarJo. Especially Natasha. Yes. Yeah. That was like not even close. She was so off. That was that was rough. Um, Steve, like not not good. Who else? Was like Peter Parker was not right. Because I don't think that was Holland. Yeah, was but it? The, I didn't think he sound no, but he didn't sound that bad because the guy who actually did it voices Spider-Man and won the cartoons. That's fine, but it's not Tom. Like it just it threw me like it's not that it was bad well, for the character, and it just I- wasn't Tom and that threw me off. So, I agree with all of this. However, I want to say this. Now that we have already seen some of the slate for season two, it appears that they're bringing a lot more of the real, like, our real Avengers on. I mean, even Florence is going to be doing Yelena. Like, Tom is coming in to do Spider-Man. So, I think that's really awesome that they appear to be getting a lot more of them to sign on. I know Elizabeth is going to be doing Scarlet Witch, which, granted, Scarlet Witch didn't really have any lines that weren't, like, not grunting. Um... (laughs) But <laughs> there was no way they were um, going to pay Elizabeth to come in to, like, grunt because she's half dead. <laughs> yeah. And I, oh, I do have to point this out in the last episode that I forgot. I love the face of recognition when she realized that Ultron was Vision in that last episode. And then they just kind of gloss over it because she clearly stops, like, attacking him. And then they're just like, oh, and then Ultron just left. Like, I was like, Oh, okay. I couldn't <laughs> figure out why she stopped that I didn't even see. Okay. I didn't even put that together. Yeah. I was just thinking about how they called her in as the cavalry again because she's, like, the most powerful person so i was like basking on that and didn't even think about that yeah they straight up were just like oh zombies and then they were like it's not the zombies it's what they brought with them and, and then it's like, just wanda and, and then like, i was like oh yeah yeah <laughs> now i get it so, they brought in the big guns yeah so i but i definitely have a lot of hope for season two as well like i said it, it appears that not only are all the ones that have already been here this season continuing their role if their character is being picked up to be a part of it um, which I'm pretty sure almost all of them is, or are, um, probably with the, I don't know if, like, any of the OG six, though, like, Jeremy, I'm not sure if he's coming back, I didn't, I don't remember seeing him, but he could be, don't quote me on that. I think Hemsworth um, is in it, isn't that, he? that, you know, I think, yeah, but he's got another movie. Oh, yeah, true. Because, like, while Hawkeye is happening, like, Hawkeye's gonna be it for Jeremy. Yeah, and it also, um, sets up a spin-off show, I've been reading. It's setting up a spin-off show, which is interesting but that's beside the point sorry yeah go on well no that's really all I have to say so I think there's a lot to look forward in season two I thought this was a really like I like the concept of the show loved it and I'm ready for more so I'm really excited for when season two comes out yeah agreed I thought it was a great first outing I'm wondering this is my last little point I need to know if having a season two of what if means that the multiverse is staying open because how else are you going to explore the multiverse if the multiverse doesn't exist so 
Well, technically, the multiverse, I guess, to what what if explained to me, is that it's always open to a degree, but it's not open, open. It's just like always in existence. Is that all these timelines are always still happening? They're just not interacting. Mm, but Loki told us differently. That's what I'm. Okay, but are we really gonna go off of Loki? I just think they need to tell me one rule for the multiverse and stick to it, because it hurts my brain. Yeah, because I'm like. Personally, I don't. I take the the show Loki with a grain of salt. Um, and if y'all really want my thoughts on it, go watch all of our six like episodes that deal with Loki. But um, yeah, I don't really like really deeply dive into it personally. I I mean, I have there were some negative aspects, but I in the whole I liked Loki. So I I also just think I'm a stickler for. Just just making everything flow. I don't like plot holes. So don't give me plot holes. Just make everything. If you tell me one thing in one movie, unless there's like new information, it should be the same across all of your properties. And that's just a thought that I have and it bothers me. So Kevin, I need an explanation. Audience, if you have an explanation, please let us know. You guys know how to reach us. Like if you can explain this to me, Please do, because it's going to keep me up for the next few days while I try to puzzle this one out anytime I have a free moment. No, I agree. But I think we've said our fair share on what if. Um, Obviously, we expected this episode to be a little longer because we were covering nine full episodes of a show rather than one at a time, um, albeit the show was a little different than the rest of them. So we expected to be able to get it done in one episode. Um, but we really overall hope that everyone enjoyed What If. I mean, I'm still going to say at the end of the day, I loved it. Even if there were episodes here and there that I didn't love or certain plot points I didn't love. It was still, I liked the concept and I liked everything that I was shown. Were there things they could do better? Yes. But I think that, you know, there's going to be kinks in the first season of something. Um, so I really hope season two, you know, I also am excited about some of the characters that are newer characters that are coming in, especially Yelena. So yeah, so I hope you guys all enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to our little feedback about it as well, because as you can see, we're very passionate about certain topics. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, there's that. Yeah, so that's that on What If. Um, Just a quick, as we always do, little recap. Um, We will be coming out in a couple weeks with our uh, predictions episode for Eternals, because believe it or not, guys, it is less than a month away so get hype get ready that's going to be coming down the pike and you guys know where to reach us please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you get notifications for when we have new episodes as well as the blog and new just in we also have a separate spotify account for you guys to follow that has playlists that separate all of our different episodes into themes so we have playlists for loki for the marvel replay episode And we also finally created a playlist of the songs in the MCU for you guys to listen to. So that is Let's Talk MFT on Spotify. And we will have the link in the show notes. You can just head right over to that profile as well and just have a good time listening to all of the songs that appear in the movies. Yes. And also, as I always like to say, I like to interact with all of you on Twitter. So make sure you guys are checking that out as well. That is also um, Let's Talk MFT. So make sure you guys go follow it. Uh, Definitely, you know, interact. Uh, I like to retweet things. I like to like things. I like to comment with all of you guys. Um, But we also do like to share some theories that we come up with on there. Or that we've seen. Yes, or that we've seen. Or if you want to stick with any of the um, 
blog posts or podcasts. I want to stay in one place with it all. We do post when all of those go live. So just make sure and links to them all. So if you follow the Twitter, you got everything in one place. So go check that out. And as always, make sure you guys are keeping up with all of this content. We are being thrown and gifted with so much. So make sure you're keeping up with it because honestly, Marvel just blew your mind nine times over. So let's talk about it. 